This week in Retronauts, we're turning upside down. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a short episode of Retronauts, Retronauts Micro. This time, instead of doing uh, just the usual script, I've invited Sam Claiborne here. Hey, actual Metal Storm owner. Wow. Actually, I own a copy, too. It mm-hmm. costs a lot of money. And uh, we're here to talk about, oh, right, Metal Storm. That's going to be this episode. Storm, man. It's really funny because you asked the question, why is this game so expensive? Uh, that is a hard question to answer. I'm surprised it is, uh, but I can tell you that I thought it was so cool seeing screenshots of this game in Nintendo Power in 1989, 1990, uh, when it came out. 1990, I think, is when it came out. Um, because it was gorgeous. It was like it was a, an amazing Super Nintendo 16-bit era looking game with uh, some effects from the Super Nintendo, like parallax scrolling with these backgrounds. It had a lot of perspective. Um, now when, when you look at it, it doesn't look like it has a lot of color, but it d- did feel like it had a lot of color then. And then just like amazing animations, which you couldn't see in screenshots, but I found out once I got it. Yeah, the game really moved smoothly and looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the biggest, most interesting thing about it is the fact that it was um, it was really, how to describe it? It was, it? it was another one of those games that attempted to reinvent the platformer. Um, and that's something you saw a lot on NES. You know, the NES kind of invented the platformer with Super Mario Brothers. And within the following years, you had games like Bionic Commando, which, you know, was was an arcade game originally, but was perfected Took away the on jump, NES. Added a grappling hook. That's right. That's how they played with it. So so you Metal Storm, you know, DuckTales, you know, it takes away um your standard attack and makes jumping your attack, mm-hmm. but not in the way of Super game. Mario Brothers. Right. So so Metal Storm was kind of part of that tradition. It mm-hmm. was a game where you jumped and you shot, just like, you know, Contra or something. But if you jumped again while in midair, you're, you would flip gravity. It wasn't just you would jump upside down. Like the everything entire, everything around down. you, yeah, would flip upside down. You had this crazy ability to affect gravity fields. Mm-hmm. So that became an integral part of the game. Like, uh, you know, if there was a gap that was too wide to cross, you would jump and then at the arc of your the top of the arc of your jump, you would press jump again, and it would cause you to flip upside I think down. You press up or down based on where you are too. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and then uh, the, part of the appeal of that is that you can make levels that are explorable, that you can choose a direction to go. You can go way up or way down. Um, it's not just left or right. So there's these levels that you'd get to where uh, there's much better power ups if you chose to flip up through a top wall, and you couldn't go back. So you're always going forward and either choosing a top path or a bottom path. Uh, yeah, kind, of kind of puzzles, puzzle based too, because you can only jump through some things one way, mm-hmm. and so uh, it, it was a you know parts of it felt very puzzle platformer. Yeah, it was. Um, it kind of brought that sort of classic arcade element, you know, of of being able to pass through the screen from one direction or the other. Um, 
there were certain stages that were basically just like um, kind of like narrow tunnels and you would scroll infinitely through them up and down uh, and, you know, everything would just kind of repeat. It's hard to describe, but it, it, it really it's like, like the Pac-Man maze. You can come out the bottom. Yeah, again, the, the game the game really played with your sense of space and and like perspective and uh, relationships between objects. It and really, a good orbital gravity feel too. Like you're jumping in these parabolas, like and when you flip the gravity, you, you keep on arcing in a very natural feeling way. Really, really like how that game feels. Yeah, and so this was published by IREM. IREM is awesome. They always made cool games. Usually um, you're in a spaceship in their games, right? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of them. You know, the, the, R-Type was kind of their their big series. Um, but, you know, the, the actual game itself was developed by a company called Tamtex, which was basically just like uh, an auxiliary of, of IREM and eventually was brought into the company as their Tokyo development studio, according to the internet. That's like the only information on the internet about Tamtex. Is that they were they became uh, IREM's Tokyo studio? But you looked into the people who worked on the game specifically and found some cool connections. Like, yeah, like a connection to Little Samson, which yeah. has a lot in common with this game. And just a, being beautiful yeah. and having good animations and There's just a feeling feel. like a 16-bit game. There's a certain feel to both Little Samson, like there and, and and Metal Storm. They're both very dense games. Mm-hmm. They're also both very expensive. Maybe not coincidentally. I don't know. Oh man, Little um, Samson is a logarithmically more expensive, <laughs> exponentially. Um, but yeah, like there is that connection. There's an R-Type 3 connection, Darius Gaiden, and Assault Suits Lanos, which is probably the most direct connection because that is another one of those suits where you're stomping around in a giant suit of armor, robot armor. Hmm. But, you know, it doesn't have the the unique element of the gravity flipping that, that uh, Metal Storm did. And it's actually a pretty short game. There's, what, five stages? Yeah, you get through them pretty fast. There's some difficult boss fights, but they're always big and big room boss fights mm-hmm. where you have to attack different things. Right, and there's there's a couple of bosses that really make use of the gravity element. There's one where you're fighting like the bosses that are also your footholds, and as you defeat them, you gain less and less space to jump on. So you you really have to be mindful of how you approach that. It kind of reminds me of the um, you know, the Resnor battles in Super mm-hmm. Mario World, but cranked up to like twenty, mm-hmm. not just eleven, a twenty. Um, it's just a really unique and cool game. It's not really the kind of game that you can have a long conversation about, no. but, um, but a flashy enough, expensive, rare uh, Nintendo game that's actually worth seeing and worth playing. Like yeah. it's one of the worst. Se- it's worth seeking out. Yeah, some of the some of the really pricey, some of the really pricey collector's items are not really worth that much. Yeah, like much. Surprise at Dino Peak. Yeah, that's the one I was going to name. Restaurant. Right. Yeah, like, who cares about they're these games? They are a mighty final fight. Like, they're not yeah, fun. They're okay, mm-hmm. but, you know, middling to decent. Whereas Metal Storm really was great. I mean, it was, uh, it, it passed the the classic um, Nintendo Power cover test, which is yeah, not necessarily the true. number one indicator of quality. There were some There were some dogs on Nintendo Power on the cover, Depends on what was happening that month. Like, what what good games are coming out for NES? Felix but this the was uh, apparently that's a pretty good one. That's I need to okay, try that out. But it's not cover worthy. I got to buy that before it gets expensive. Um, yeah. Now that we mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I don't know. Metal Storm um, really is a unique and interesting game, and I I kind of hate the fact that it's so expensive because it's one of those that really I think everyone needs to play to try out. It's it's a like I said it's a very short game and it can be tough. 
Uh, it's a one-hit kill kind of game, so there's no there's no lenience whatsoever. You really have to play perfectly through but each stage. But the cool stage. thing is that when you blow up, it looks amazing. Yeah, it has great explosions. It has like explosions straight out of uh, you know the best Macross. Mac, yeah, yeah, or just out of anime. Yeah, in I general. mean. I think the the, puffy the, the the gold standard for explosions on NES before that was Blaster Master when your tank exploded. It's a good explosion. But this is like ten times that. It's amazing. Or Hitler's head exploding. Is a pretty that good was also one. good. <laughs> not not really a common animation though. <laughs> um, yeah. So so Metal Gear uh, or Metal Gear Metal Storm. Um, yeah, like I said, um, it was on Nintendo Power, and I they it was one of those where they actually built a little model of the. Uh, the suit, the yeah, M305 it's a little, or whatever it's It looks it's like called. a cool transformer. Yeah, it's got that great, like, I mean, it really looks like something out of Macross. It's got the the jet intakes on the shoulder. There's no head to it, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's very There's definitely, There's a little person like, inside of yeah. it. I don't think it's like a suit. I think you're a little guy. Well, no, inside, it's, a, right? it's a mech suit, like a mech big suit, mech yeah. suit, yeah. Um, um, and the, the fact that it was on the cover of Nintendo Power and the fact that I bought it new because I thought it looked cool when I was a kid means that I had no idea that this game became a collector's item until you told me right before this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been, you know, collecting and buying NES games for a long time, but it, that must have been a recent change of events because I can't believe that, that that's a that's a thing. Yeah. Came so, with a poster. That's so I, I would say go item. check it out, everyone, but... It's really expensive, and IRM delisted all of its stuff from Virtual Console, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so the chances of us ever getting it in a reissue are pretty much exactly zero, which is really a shame because it's a, it's, it's a, I would say, you know, like second-tier 8-bit classic that deserves a broader audience. Um, and it shows off what the, ne- the NES could do at the end of the NES's mm-hmm, life cycle mm-hmm. better than anything graphically. I mean, the fact that it has two backgrounds scrolling over each other well, not only that, but they, that. they scroll in both directions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's free scrolling. Most of the parallax scrolling on NES was, like, vertical or horizontal only. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this is, you know, you move in a direction and the backgrounds kind of move with you. It is, it is a real piece of technical wizardry. And it, it's crazy because Tamtex did not create that many games. They didn't tend to look that great. I think the probably the nicest looking game they ever did was... Um, Hammer and Harry 2 for Game Boy, which is a really good-looking Game Boy game. But everything else they did, kind of like, oh, yeah, it's a game. They did the sequel to Kung Fu Spartan X2. Mm. Uh, And that looked okay, but uh, this was just, like, out of left field. Like, this really crazy game. Can't believe it came out. Can't believe this team made it. Can't believe that it actually showed up in the U.S. and actually got some kind of promotion on Nintendo As a cover model, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, we're we're not really advocates of piracy here, but I really think this is one that you should go out and emulate. It's just a cool, cool game. Um, always a longtime favorite for me. And I got to plug Metal Warriors also for Super Nintendo. While we're that, here. that is Another kind of in the same spirit, but no gravity awesome flipping. No gravity flipping, but big bots and a really fun two-player combat mode that How? I just played all night long. When How I many games it? actually have gravity flipping? There's a Mega Man 5, Gravity Man. I've had one of those crappy, like, what is it, like, Solar Jetman or Rad Gravity? Rad Gravity probably has. I don't think so, actually. Solar Jetman definitely didn't. It was. It was about. It was like uh, you know, Lunar Lander, the adventure. Picture another one. Um, Strider has you know the the zero gravity stage, but it's just not something that people have really explored that much. Mm -hmm. Um, So Uh, the whole castle turns upside down and something. (laughs) Yes, but gravity doesn't. (laughs) So um, so a unique little gem of the NES era, definitely worth tracking down if you just won the lottery. So anyway. Thanks for uh, coming in to chat with me about Metal Storm. Anytime. And uh, I'm going to do this as a video so people can at least see the game in action because yeah, it merits it merits a look. All right, end with an explosion. All right.
So you can find Retronauts at the usual places at retronauts.comiosgamer.net and on iTunes. Um, Sam, of course, works for IGN. Tell us where to find you on the internet. Uh, you can find me at Samuel underscore IGN uh, on Twitter and uh, write about pinball and little games occasionally at IGN these days. Of course, I work at usgamer.net. You can find me on Twitter as GameSpyit. And, of course, check out GameBoy.World because it's cool. And that's about it. So, Metal Storm. Metal <laughs> Storm.